Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now Penny Nichols, and she played Denise in the upcoming indie fan film slasher, Valentine Bluffs. Hey, Penny, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's really great to be on, Scotty. This awesome. is great. I'm glad to have you on. I'm so glad that I'm, I'm really glad. I know you're from my my part of the DMV area. I'm in uh, Woodlawn, Maryland. I, I know you're in that area somewhere. I'm in Towson. Nice. That's not far so at all. Like 20 minutes. That's awesome. 95. Yep. I think I may have found you on Facebook because I saw you were in Valentine Bluffs and a couple of other things. And I believe I saw you in probably one of the uh, local DMV acting uh groups um i don't know if i added you or you added me but uh either way probably, i probably added you <laughs> might have and i'm glad you did and i i had you on my list for a while and then i saw you were in valentine bluffs and i'm like that would be a good thing to talk about <laughs> good good yes. absolutely so first question i got for you isn't about valentine bluffs but it's how did you get your start into acting <laughs> 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 how long is this episode <laughs> um, <laughs> we have as long as you need way back way back when there was dinosaurs no um i was <laughs> i was um i was a ballet dancer starting at four so four yeah. or five i was um doing um dancing nice and then um i did uh, musical theater starting at 11 Okay. Then at the same time, when I was going to high school, I went to Peabody and then I went to Indiana University mm-hmm. for ballet. And then I came back to Towson University for choreography mm-hmm. and dance and performing arts. Yeah. And, um, and then in my 20s, I was doing dinner theater. And then someone said, hey, why don't you go into film? You know, try to try to start it out. And um, at that time, um, there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a, uh, a branch, a SAG after branch here, and they wanted to have more actors, film actors in the area. And so there started to be a lot of film like Barry Levinson and then John Waters was doing stuff. And so I auditioned for John Waters um, Hairspray. I didn't get in, but I met Pat Moran, who was really fantastic casting director. Um, and then I auditioned for Barry Levinson Tinman, that was my first yeah. um, principal role. And yeah. I was able to get into that film. Nice. It was a comedy, but the scene I'm in is a drama. Right. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and they didn't tell me what was gonna happen in Tinman. So so the, <laughs> this is one right. thing. I'm there's only four of us in the room of in Catonsville. That's where it was shot. Okay. In Catonsville. And um it was um, Richard Dreyfus that's sitting next to me, nice. and then across is John Mahoney, who played in Dad uh, Frazier. He played mm-hmm. the dad, yep. and then and then Mike Willis, who played my husband, and and John and um, Richard Dreyfus are trying to sell us <laughs> aluminum siding. And then Barry Levinson is the director writer and he's like right there directing. So there's like only five people in there. And so Richard Dreyfus turns to me and says, so where are you from? New York, LA. And I went, Baltimore. (laughs) So it was, that's how I started. That's awesome. And it's crazy that 
you know, a film like that was in Catonsville, like Richard Dreyfus and all that, because Catonsville is only like 10 minutes, not even from me. Like that, that's amazing. Well, I, Barry Levinson is from there. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's from okay. Maryland and I think he lived around that area. I could that's be awesome. wrong, but yeah, so yeah. he knew he knows the area really nice. well. I'm only from Maryland. I've only been in Maryland for about two and a half years now. I moved here when I got a job with the U.S. Coast Guard. Um, but I'm originally from uh, a very small place in the sticks of Pennsylvania called Ashland. And, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, so Coast I go home. Guard. So you were on the boat, right? Um, I don't, I'm not like uh, active duty. I'm in an office. I'm the senior web developer. So I protect, I make sure that like their search and rescue missions are successful. Like I program their uh, intranets and their items and all their stuff that, uh, that allows them to, uh, you know, access all of the like hoses and the cutters and all that stuff. And they can like do the databases all that right time. you're you're like all like the background right before yes. they shoot out to do stuff exactly like, that exactly <laughs> so sky. right without me then they don't have a mission <laughs> where's the anchor <laughs> absolutely so we know you're gonna you're uh involved with valentine bluffs so if i'm not mistaken i'm pretty sure principal photography uh wrapped on that already um it did. yeah so um how did you get involved with valentine bluffs so that was really great and interesting about that. Christina Mung um, is an actor in the area and she's also in Valentine's Bluff. Mm -hmm. And um, we did a student film at Stevenson University a while back. And so um, she recommended me nice. to Tom Smith. Nice. So, you know, it's really kind yeah. of word of mouth and, it, and the, the film community is a small community, you know, mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. So I'm always beholden to her for letting right. me, you know, get in, nice. get to meet Tom and get on the film. Absolutely. Did you work with Nikolai Cabana at all? No, no. I saw your podcast. No, yep. I didn't. I worked yep. with, and do you mind if I read my notes? Nope. I'm sorry. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Christina Mont is the one that recommended me. And then Tom got in, in touch with me and he couldn't have been more gracious. Okay. And I think it's very interesting when you have a right, he was the writer, producer, director, and does special effects. Nice. He does nice. a lot. So yeah. So, and then Chuck Ryan and Roland Keller are also producers. Mm -hmm. And then John uh, Picos, he was the DP. Plus okay. he also is a filmmaker in his own right. And okay. then Liz Saldoriga, um, she was the first AD. Really, she's, she's from New York and has done quite a lot. And then Brandon um, Leipart, he was sound. He's excellent. And the people that I was working on set as actors was Rachel Keefe. She's from Philadelphia. So this whole crowd is from really the Pennsylvania nice. area. Nice. And they are so wonderful, so professional and have nice. so much knowledge in the filmmaking nice. business. Mike Sutton, who is, um, a really seasoned actor. If you look on his IMDb page, he's done tons of films, independent films and series. And he's on, we, he got cast in, we own the city. He was talking nice. about that when we were on set. It's awesome. And, um, and then Mike Kramer, he mm -hmm. is, he just, he was another person that I was doing a scene with, with Mike Sutton. Mm -hmm. And um, that was his, his first film. Nice. And he really, his wife and, 
and he, he they both run a um help run a theater company mm-hmm. and so so <laughs> he just got cast on this thing and he could pick up copy and it, it's really hard to go from stage to film because mm-hmm. stage you're so big and then film you're so much smaller because mm-hmm. the screen is so tiny mm-hmm. no problem with <laughs> Nice. I called him the two mics. <laughs> um, and then Michael Johnson. Do you know Michael Johnson? Sounds familiar. Oh, my gosh. That's he's so done familiar. a ton of things, too. Um, I met him on um, when I produced uh, and did crew for a short film. Michael Johnson is also in the Philly area, and he's also a filmmaker and writer. And then Jeff Swisher, um, who played my husband, he couldn't have been more gracious. Nice. So, nice. yeah. That's so my awesome. Pa- so what? my part started off really small, mm-hmm. which was fine. Right. <laughs> it was a big thing and stuff. It would start off small. And what happened, like in everything in film, you have to be flexible because mm-hmm. things happen. So Jeff, who played my husband, couldn't come to one of the shoot dates because he was going to a wedding. Mm-hmm. And so Tom called me up two weeks before and says, hey, are you available this date also besides the other scenes that mm-hmm. you're doing? I said, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And all of a sudden he says, OK, we're re- it's because he's the writer. We're yeah. rewriting this and we're putting you in the scene. Well, the scene, I, I can I can't tell you really technically what's going on in the film, right. but it's a scene that any actor would die to have. Nice. Die to have. It is dramatic. It was like I went, oh. that's awesome. That's awesome. I, and I, I, the worst part I think about filmmaking is the scheduling, because anything can happen at any time. And that every time I have to make a movie, like when I'm, my company makes the movie, I have is a nightmare the scheduling because people are backing out, and we have to find suitable replacements if they can't do the film literally like days before filming starts it can become an utter nightmare and it's good like you said you gotta be flexible you gotta be flexible you yeah. gotta be like um you know if if the director is reaching out to you to help you know yeah. you gotta back out those fears and say okay right <laughs> onward absolutely, absolutely. and I, i'm in that boat of, ba- of doing those fears because i'm like i don't think i'd be a good director but I'm thinking, well, if I need, a, if I'm making a movie and I don't have anybody to direct it, you gotta, if you want the movie made, you gotta step in and at least try it. Yes. You know, you, know, you don't know until you actually give it a shot. If and, you quit, yeah. you're already failing. Exactly. <laughs> good point. Very, very good point. Now, where did you film a Valentine Bluff set? Was that in Jim Thorpe? Oh, I'm sorry, what? Was it in Jim Thorpe? I thought I I'm seen telling something. you there were, I reached out to Christina cause I'm coming from Baltimore. So right. I reached out to her and I said, so where, cause she filmed a couple, she filmed a couple weeks um, before I did. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, so where are you filming? You know, is it Philadelphia? You know, you know where? And she mm-hmm. said, it's everywhere. <laughs> they must've had like, when I was filming, I was like in three or four locations. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I did not realize how big Pennsylvania it is. It is. It is. Because I mean, big. we went, we filmed somewhere where it was right up there next to New Jersey. We were mm-hmm. in New Jersey for a, right. for a half a second, yep. a minute, and then we came back down. But yeah, even on the same day, there would be two or three different locations. Yep. Yeah. And people don't realize that, like, 
because well, I'm originally from Pennsylvania and people ask me, they're like, so have you been to Pittsburgh? I'm like, no. They're like, well, you're in Pennsylvania. Why have you never been to Pittsburgh? I'm like, because Pittsburgh is six hours from the part of Pennsylvania I'm in. That's right. And it's like New York and Pennsylvania are like this. So you're like this going, I'm in yeah. New York. No, I'm in Pennsylvania. Yeah. No, I'm in New Jersey. Yes, it's a big it, state. It is. It really is. And like, even, <laughs> even when I moved to Baltimore, I'm thinking like, I, I'm, I'm in Woodlawn and they're telling me I'm, I'm in Baltimore. I'm like, no, I'm in Woodlawn. They're like, you're in Baltimore County. I'm like, I thought Baltimore was Baltimore. They're like, no, Baltimore County and Baltimore City are different things. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute i went through i was going through and driving and there's the red light and hello yes. welcome to baltimore county yeah when i first put in my address and everything i'm putting in baltimore and i'm thinking i'm gonna go i'm gonna be living in the city and everything and here i'm in like the suburb outside of the city in baltimore county i'm like this isn't baltimore and i'm like oh this is a county this is an actual county this isn't the, the county is definitely different than the city it is. It's confusing when you if you don't know the area. Yeah, it is like Hamden. You wouldn't say Baltimore. You wouldn't say Baltimore City. You say I'm I'm living in Hamden. Oh, right. but isn't that Baltimore City? Wait, wait. right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I'm at um, Locust Point. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so for those that are unaware of what Valentine Bluffs is about, can you give us like a brief synopsis of this movie so people can know what yeah. this movie is about? And let me go to my notes, please. <laughs> Sounds good. I know uh, Nikolai had to do the same thing because uh, they, they don't want too much to be revealed, which is completely understandable. Right, right, right. Definitely. So I'm going to do a little bit more because I'll different stuff than what he did. So it's okay. not a repeat and stuff like awesome. that. Perfect. So this is my, um, this is a fan film for my bloody Valentine, Valentine's Bluff. And it's 40, year, 40 years later. Okay. Okay, stuff like that. And it's it's picking up from there. Okay. And um and and um I think what's interesting about the way it started is that Tom would go to these horror conventions and people mm -hmm. were always because either he would do makeup for, you know, or hear mm -hmm. about Bloody Valentine. And there were a yeah. lot of fans looking for a sequel. Mm -hmm. And so he was like gee, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we should do a sequel. Every, all the fans want a sequel. And then um, he met Chuck Ryan on one of those uh, conventions. Yeah. And he says, what do you think? Do you think it would be good if we did maybe a fan film? Um, and he said, yeah. And he said he went back and he wrote the script in nice. two weeks. Nice. And he's a really good writer. Nice. So he's a makeup artist. But more than that, he's really a good writer. If you're and writing a script in two weeks and it comes out good. You got to be a good writer to make it come out good. He unbelievable. <laughs> and you're right. And he um, sent the script to Chuck and Chuck yeah. says, I'm in. And Chuck is from Wisconsin. Nice. So <laughs> That's awesome. So he's like, no way. So, um, yeah. So within two weeks and you can tell with the writing with like new writers i'm not a writer so i'm i don't want to be too picky but if you see writing and it's it's so hard to go i think for screenwriting is like you have to write less you show more than tell yeah. so it, sometimes people write it almost like a play or sometimes mm -hmm. they write it like a book mm -hmm. and and tom didn't do that at all he yeah. really had his dialogue very tight so every yeah. word mattered yeah, absolutely. And that's what a lot of screenwriters struggle with. And that's why films aren't as good as they 
or as they sound when they're in writing, because it's one thing having it in writing and envisioning it this way. It's another way when an actor has to bring it to life. And that's why they always say show more than tell, like show, don't tell. Like you want to show it with your actions, not with your words, because if you make it like I would say, quote unquote, word vomit, then people are going to tune out and it's not going to come across as good as it could if it's being shown. You know? It doesn't sound like dialogue, real dialogue. Right. And, you know, everybody's right. not doing monologues. Right. You know, it's gonna, it'll sound life. like a theater play instead of an actual film. And that's where that's the difference between film and the, a big difference between film and theater. You don't want to really memorize your lines and script per se. You want to get the gist of it and then make it your own, be more natural. You don't, right. you're not, you don't want to, you're not on a stage performing a, a really well-known play. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So your character, her name is Denise. So can you tell us a little bit about Denise and who she is and what we can expect without spoiling too much? <laughs> well, she's a mom. Okay. And she's worried about her child. Okay. Sounds That's good. Enough. That's all you can say. Well, But isn't that universal? So yeah. I think it's great that, um, you know, people uh, that I think with a horror film, that if you can make it more universal and more relatable mm. to the audience, yeah. it becomes scarier. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? So if something yeah. looks like oh, that can't happen, you know, that, yeah. you know, that can't happen. Like right. this story is, it can happen. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's the frightening part about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Read about your child and what is and what is happening to your child and you can't right. get in touch with your child. Here is a very good example. Friday the 13th, part seven, the new blood. You have uh, Tina Shepard with telekinetic powers and her mom has taken her to the Camp Crystal Lake to be seen by by her doctor there to, you know, because of her father's death and everything. And you think that the mom and, and the daughter are going to be the ones to team up to kind of take down Jason. Like they're going to be the surviving duo because the mom is, has no faults really of her own. She's a good mother and everything. She really loves her daughter it shocked me when the mom was killed it shocked me when the mom was actually killed so when you think of it that way you think of susan blue's character uh mrs shepherd what is she she is a mother a caring devout mother you know when you when you uh look at your character you said I, i'm a mom well you're you're a mom like now okay we think of all these other films that have a moms what does that mean for this mom what does it mean for this child like, you know, it really leaves a lot to the imagination and it makes people want to see this movie. They want to right. see what's going to happen to this mother. And there are a lot of moms out there and there are a lot of yep. daughters out there and there are a lot yep. of, you know, parent relationships and stuff yep. like that. And when you don't know, like, you know, once I became a mom, mm -hmm. I got the big W. <laughs> I worried. I was so yep. into myself before I had a kid. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, just like losing my son in like the grocery store. Oh my God. Yep. Someone, you know? So yeah, absolutely. You can relate to that fear. Yeah. So have you seen my bloody Valentine before filming this? Yes. Okay. Classic movie. Classic. Yes. Movie. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> Yes. So many death scenes that had to get cut because of the graphic nature is impressive. Because it came out so long ago, right? Yeah. So yeah. I bet it probably I bet a lot of this would go now. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Director's cut, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So what was was for being an actor, what do you believe personally is the hardest and the easiest part of being an actor? Not acting. Is that the answer to both? I, uh, I, I think that, so the question, the first question is, how is it being, a, you know, 
what's tough about being an actor and stuff like that. I think, uh, I think also the, um, I really like to audition. Mm-hmm. In fact, if I don't, you know, I really love the audition process. I love the rehearsal process. I think when I get to the, like on set, I'm like, (laughs) but you know, I, you know, I chill back on that. Um, I've gotten better with that, but I really do love auditioning. Okay. And even if I don't get the role, it's always a great opportunity to perform and meet people and stuff like that. So I really love acting. Absolutely. I love it. So going, let's bounce off of that now um, about the audition process. If there is any aspiring actors or actresses out there watching this interview, do you have any advice or tips for them about how to properly audition and what to feel if they are, if they do say get rejected? Because that is a lot of what happens in the acting industry is rejection. So I think if you get an audition, you've already won mm-hmm. just to get the audition, even just to submit. Yeah. is really good that you find something. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Connects, there's a lot of auditions yeah. there. Um, there's Backstage that I'm on. There's Actors Access. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's good to um, take acting classes um, that are so important to help you because acting on film and acting on stage are totally two different things. They are. They really are. Um, and if you get a, you know, an acting coach, it's so important. You know what yeah. I mean? And then, and then, and then that person and, and to take a lot of different classes and yeah. stuff like that. And I think that's when you, you feel comfortable. Um, and then meeting um, other actors yeah. and talking to them about, yeah. and not think about the rejection, just think yeah. about you're not right for the role. Since I've yeah. done producing before, since I've been, I really learned a lot being from, mm-hmm. you know, working behind the camera. Yeah. You know, I realized that maybe, you know, I didn't get the role because I didn't look like the daughter that's being cast. Right. Or, you know, it's just so many or who knows the mm-hmm. the, um, the film is not being produced right now because whatever reason. So yeah. you're you know, you'll never know why you didn't hear back, but mm-hmm. it usually has nothing to do with you. It has something to do with the production. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And. There are very talented actors out there that don't get the part, like you said, because they either don't look for like the part or they're not in the age for that part or they wanted somebody younger. Or maybe the casting call said like somebody that is 30 to 35 and you are 33, but maybe you look too young for the part or maybe the, they they're adjusting the character now to be 20 to 25. So right. it, there is a lot of things that can go into it. So it's not really about you're a bad actor, you're a horrible actor. Like, really- like for example, I got cast in like last February in a uh, short film and I've been working with the director and the producer and then they had to reach out to me like a month ago saying so sorry but we have written out the parents because of budget restraint and I understood completely I said because I've been on that other side where you know you only have so much money and you have so much time you have so much crew to work with I said I understand completely because you work behind because I work behind the camera. Yeah, and I said that I in so many interviews is that with filmmaking, money is the primary way to make a movie because you need the money to, to have the cast, to have the crew, to have the effects, to have you know all that you need, the props and everything. And without the money, you're not going to have a good movie if a movie at all. It really is a very important factor of filmmaking. 
Right, especially pre-production, during production, and post-production. I don't think I think people think that if you just make the money just for the filming of the principal yeah. photography, it's not. It's more than that. It's money right. before, during, and yeah. after. Exactly. I Cause, think. Yeah, because not like if you're a director and a writer and a, an effect guy, just like you were mentioning about. Um, I forgot his name off the top of my head. Um, you were talking about. I think it was with Valentine Bluff. Um, yeah, like he might do it all but maybe he's not a good editor so you need to hire an editor you mean tom smith right yes tom smith yes 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 i couldn't think the name was was going out of me for a second um but yeah he he might not say he's not not a good editor so you have to outsource that in post-production so now you need money for the editor to do the movie in pre in pre-production you need the editor for the you know the pro the you know movie poster or you need if you're not a writer you might need the money for the writing or if you're not an effects person or even if you are an effects person you need the money for the supplies to make the effects right so you I know. yeah it's not cheap it's not it's not it's <laughs> adding up it's like okay i think I, I got everything i need but then also if you think about it there's something completely different like not regarding the filmmaking process that you need money for. And that's feeding your cast and crew. Right. It's not to make the movie, but you need to make sure your cast and crew are fed. Right. Not, not even just because of legal reasons, but also because. Yeah, just to keep them going physically. Yeah. They need their nourishment. Right. And you have to, and sometimes you need to pay for those locations. Yeah, you do. Exactly. Some locations you might be good enough to be able to film for free or whatever, but there are certain places that you might need to rent out, whether it's a house or a a hotel or something that like some place of land that, you know, that you need to get permission and you need to pay to, to rent that place out. And sometimes they're cheap. Sometimes they're free and sometimes they're pretty expensive. They are. So, yeah. It, yeah. I think it's what's interesting is that a lot, a couple of films that I've done during the year is that they've, mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of creative filmmakers have done, they've rented Airbnbs or nice. rented houses. Yeah. This is a really, the houses are for sale. Nice. So they get to the realtor and say, hey, <laughs> can I go in? Never though. Isn't that Never. a great idea? Yeah. Very and they, and then that. they can, <laughs> so there's Airbnbs really work out great because you can film in the place. Plus you can, you can have your crew or yeah. and your actors stay there. Yeah, that's know, actually not a bad idea at all. That's very clever, very clever thinking. And I mean, and it's not as expensive as renting out a hotel for everybody and, you know, all that stuff. Like it's really a very clever way to manage your money and also to properly like, you know, you know, iron out your production of filming of your filming location and right. where your cast and crew get to sleep. That's right. a very good idea. I like that. So I'm assuming you are a horror fan, correct? Yes, I am. Awesome. So which horror film or franchise is your favorite and which horror film and franchise got you? You're starting to becoming a fan. Okay, wait a minute. I have... Let me get, let me get this. Yeah. Hold on. I have my list. <laughs> Hold on. Um, I love Friday the 13th. I mean, oh, I, I love that one. That's so many cast and crew from that entire franchise in the show. I freaking love it. Love it. I, I, I love it. Um, so the films, so I just love Friday the 13th and I love um, Jamie Curtis. I mean, look yeah. where her career went, huh? Yeah. Yep. The Freaky Friday. I mean, yep. I mean, right? She was Halloween. 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 Oh, yes, Halloween. <laughs> well, I like that one too. Yes, <laughs> not a problem. Okay. Actually, I'll tell you a funny story about that one before Wait, you. Why was Friday the Thirteenth? Wait a minute. Once the camp, 
And then once Halloween is the the babysitter okay. murders. Babysitter murders. Okay, yes. gosh. <laughs> yes. And funny story about that though, because uh um uh he played Tommy Jarvis, uh, Corey Feldman. He was auditioning for Friday the 13th part four, the final chapter as Tommy Jarvis. But when he was in his audition, um like I guess his agent or whatever came up to him asking him for an audition for this role, and he's like, Oh yeah, I absolutely love Michael Myers. <laughs> And yes, it happens to the best of us because they, they, they are they, they are very similar because Friday the 13th literally is, I would say, a quote unquote cheat knockoff of Halloween. Oh. Yeah. And Sean Cunningham, the director of the first one and creator of the franchise, even went as much as to say is he stole uh, Friday, uh, Halloween, Friday, Halloween and made Friday the 13th from that premise. <gasps> yeah. So it's legit that I'm getting them confused. It's it it really is. <laughs> you know, from the camera angle. Well, I like both of killer. them. I like both of them. Yeah. And I also like Scream. Oh, that's awesome. Scream is awesome. Scream five coming out in January. Did you hear about that? I yeah. think it's wait, January. Wait a minute. Yes. Okay. So yeah. So yes. wait a minute. Hold on. Yes, yeah, Scream 20. I think it's hold on. Wait I can't a remember the date, but I know it's early January. I have it. Wait a minute. Oh, there Scream. you go. Scream January 14th, 2022. Yep. Yep. And uh, we know Courtney Cox is returning. Uh, David Arquette and Nev Campbell are all returning. So is Marley Shelton from the fourth but one. But I guess Drew Barrymore is not. She's not. Nope. She's gone. <laughs> <laughs> not even in flashbacks. <laughs> I don't think so. I would hope so, though, right? Um, but Wait to hear this now. This isn't spoiler, so people watching don't think this is a spoiler who the killer is. This is just a, a fan theory that people are hoping would happen. So um, I know in the fourth one where the cop, uh, Officer Judy, Deputy Judy, she yeah. uh, said mentioned she went to high school with uh, Sydney. So the, the fan theory is that Sydney's boyfriend from the first one, Billy Loomis, who was the killer, he is going, he had uh, ended up sleeping with uh, Deputy Judy when they were in high school and she got pregnant. And then now the kid, the kid, I guess, was either sent off or something to prepare to get his revenge for his dad's death by Sydney, and he's going to be the killer. Now it's not a spoiler; it's just a fan theory. And I read that this morning. And I'm like, I need this theory to be legit. <laughs> Great. Yeah, and there's another one that Stu Mocker, the other killer in the first one, is not going to is is not dead, and he's going to return as the killer in this one. But that one, I think, is is out there. I think that one. I don't think that's going to happen because uh, I because Stu um, uh, Matthew Lillard posted as much on his Twitter that said that uh, I'm coming free as Sydney or whatever on his uh, on his Twitter. And uh -huh. if he's posting that, there's no way that's going to happen because he has to be trolling because he can't spoil that biggest plot line that could ever happen. No, no. So is, the scream, is this scream number four or five? Five. 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 Yep. This is the fifth one. Yep. And uh, it's funny because uh, the, the fourth one came out 10 years ago. Yep. Yep. And I believe scream four came and out. Courtney's, years. And Courtney's coming back too. Courtney's coming back too. Yep. Yep. I, I now again, rumors because no, the script is so under wraps and as uh, art is locked, like, because they don't want any spoilers, but um, I heard and either, her ex-husband is her ex-husband coming yep, back too. Yep, David Arquette's coming back. I heard that uh, that one of the three, Sydney, 
uh, Gale or Dewey are going to get killed. Now, I don't know if it's true or not, but I, um, I heard that uh, one of them might get killed off. Um, but they've been saying that for the last three films. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it seems like that you, if you're about to have sex or you're going to have sex, you are going to yes. get killed off in a film. Exactly. Isn't that true in that one? It, it is. It is in all of them, really. And that's that's the rules in the first one that Randy gave out that if you do drugs, if you drink alcohol, if you have sex and if you say, I'll be right back, you are not coming back. <laughs> yep. yep so an actor looking at the scene says, i'll be right back oh, I won't absolutely be right back. so they will not be back because you will be bound dead in a gutter somewhere is what he said <laughs> oh, no. so that, that, that i'm excited for screen five i want to see that probably not going to go opening night i went opening night to halloween kills and that got kind of crazy but mainly because i had i was on crutches and broke my ankle at that time uh I wanted to be Superman and I decided to jump down seven, seven steps and land around on my ankle and that didn't oh. go well with me. So, yeah, so maybe six steps is the limit, but, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I, I would like to see screen five. I know, uh, I think that'll, that it's going to be a good movie. I think it's going to really be good. Um, and I can't wait to see what they do with the killer because usually when the killer is revealed, it's always a shock that makes you. Yeah. 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 Things going to be fine, okay. fun. So the last question I got for you, uh, do you have any other projects in the works that you would like to promote to the listening and the viewing audience? Okay, I do. Okay. Hold on, wait a minute. I have, excuse, hold on. <clears throat> okay, hold on. All right, so, I've, um, so during COVID, I was lucky enough to um, get into a lot of projects. Okay. So, um, um, so in February, and then maybe it's March, I filmed Going West, mm-hmm. and it's a zombie short, and mm-hmm. that was with uh, Morgan Flanagan, who is the writer, producer, and lead, and the director was Taylor McNillis and Matt Sharp. Do you know Matt Sharp? I do. I had him on my show. Great guy. Great He's guy. He's in the film. Nice. Um, <laughs> Evelyn's birthday party. Yeah. Um is a comedy horror short nice. and that was filmed in Philadelphia and Stephen Wano. And that was very interesting. I played a mom in that and um, very, very a quirky horror film. <laughs> yeah. I just gotta leave it like that. It's really good. I loved it. Um, there was a, I also did uh, hidden ties, which is the working title. And that was Evan Smith was the writer director and the producer was Saeed Rojas and DP was um, Robert Ortega and then Matt Sharp's in that. And so is Christine Oswald. And that had to do with um, a cult. Okay. And I was a mom in that. Nice. A lot of mom roles. I know. I feel like I'm rocking the mom roles. And um, um, and then I was in Shameless Women, which they're trying to do a, a pilot. For, I'm trying to do a series, a pilot. And Rain Pryor is the lead in that. And the writer producer is Joan, Joan Floyd. And the director is Jay Gray. And I play the role of Girlie. It's kind of a dancey. Okay. Um, uh, a, a group of, of women that come to the library to dance. And then I was, um, then I just, um, in the summertime, I did Stained Glass with Gwendolyn McDowell, writer, producer, director, and um, it deals with um, issues of really 
depression, mm-hmm. rape, and things like that. Something that has to yeah. be, you know, addressed and stuff like that and seen. It was excellent. I played a nurse. And then I did, which was really interesting. I did um, Harford County Sheriff's mm-hmm. Office. Um, the girl, uh, the contact was Crystal Hensel. It was an educational video for um, teens uh, with Oxycontin addiction. Nice. Okay. And it was really, I love doing that. And, and that was like if the right, they also had writing plus they did improv, which I love that they allowed right. me to do that. Nice. And then before the pandemic, um, I was, did um, background for um, M. Night Shyamalan's Servant, the first yeah. um, season of that. And um, that was two weeks and he built a sound. It was the first time I've ever been to a sound stage okay. where he literally built Rittenhouse Square nice. into okay. a sound stage. And then I also did um, Glass, the last scene I was featured in that for the train station. And then Walking mm-hmm. Dead, right before the pandemic, mm-hmm. I was um, the Walking Dead, the world beyond. I was the stand in for Silas's mom. Nice, nice. Another mom role, but awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. though. That's a very good show. So I'm, I, I didn't notice that, but I'm going to go back and see if I can find that episode and I'm going to. Uh, I'm not in it. I was the oh. stand in. Oh, you're just a stand in. Okay. All right. But it was, it was something seeing it was, it was very interesting being the stand in for that because um, when I was like off, like I was in the, um, the, the area of the kitchen where it's shot and right. they're talking like talking like that. And I'm like, be, I'm right behind the um, DP yeah. and they're talking at the kitchen and I'm like going like just waiting to go in just right. so they get the lighting and stuff like that and come back out. So I'm like this waiting and waiting and waiting I go, are they filming? And they go, yes, they were so quiet. I was like 10 feet away and I could barely hear the actors. Wow. They were that quiet. Wow. They were that quiet. Crazy. Yeah. So it's not stage. It's like talking like this. Wow. (laughs) Wow. But the microphones, they can pick that up easily. I mean, really, the sound people. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. So if anybody uh, wants to see what Penny is up to, it could be, uh, you know, if you're watching this interview, what a year from now and you uh come across it and be like hey i wonder what she's up to now uh you can check out her imdb page to see any projects that she has going on um what nikolai confirmed about uh valentine bluffs um if everything goes good with uh post-production i will let you know that um, i will post whenever it's released they're looking for a um i'm assuming a valentine's day release i would assume that's i think what that's I what i said so uh hopefully all things go well, but you know, in the crazy world of film, anything can happen at any given time. So hopefully there's no, you know, hiccups or anything major that halts that uh, release date. And uh, you could check that out. I'll uh, share it on my social media. Sure. Uh, Penny will share it on hers as well. Um, and uh, I thank you so much, Penny, for joining me. I had so much fun and had a great, a great number of great laughs talking with you. It was, it really was awesome. And uh, I really had a blast uh, you know, talking horror films and Valentine Bluffs and listening to, you know, basically, you know, the advice about acting, because that really can help out a lot of people that might be discouraged. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Keep plugging away. You'll never Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Well, you have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Scott. Thank Thanks you. so much. Yep, great. Bye. Bye. <laughs>